The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streamed live. Welcome back to the Critical and Thinking Podcast. It is me, Ian Harris. Uh, Ty is on his way. Um, got stuck at the uh, the station uh, getting in. So uh, he will be joining us momentarily. In the meantime, I am joined by uh, a very good friend, person who I used to train for MMA, who is now off and has now become a WWE superstar. Um, I know her as Daria Baronato, and you may know her as Sonia Deville. So, uh, hey, how's it going? What's going on, Coach? <laughs> you know, not much. Uh, <laughs> how about you? It's crazy. So, so for those of you who uh, will see, you know, our our audience is very, very strange and very diverse, and we get a lot, very political, and we talk a lot about comedy and politics and stuff like that. So, not everyone uh, is probably a fan of of either MMA or WWE. So, so this is cool. Um, but tell people a little bit about about your path because. When we met, you came from out here to Los Angeles from, well, you were in Florida at the time, but you're from New Jersey, right? Came out yep. and you wanted yep. to, to fight and uh, we, you started training pretty, pretty green, pretty new. And you jumped right in you, you had a, you had a few fights, did really, really well for, um, for somebody who was as new at it. You picked things up really well. And I remember you're like saying, saying, I'm going to, I'm going to be the top MMA, I'm going to kick everybody's ass. I'm going to be a champion. Like you were, you were super, super driven. And then all of a sudden this WWE thing just like popped up and it wasn't even something that was on your radar to begin with. And then, and, and then what you, you did like the reality show and, and that's how it all started. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I moved down to California when I was, oh God, maybe 2020 actually. Yeah. And I started training with you guys and I would train full time, you know, five, six days a week with you guys and Coach James over at the training center. And obviously MMA was, it, it was my life. It was my passion. It was the, the thing that I wanted to do. And I didn't want anything more than that. Um, I had trained for a couple of years prior at American Top Team in South Florida, but right. really the core of my training was with you guys. And obviously my first fight was with you guys. Um, and you, you know how it is when you have your first fight and you get out there and it's addicting. It's like, you don't want to stop, especially when you're winning. You're like, oh my right. God, it's, it's the adrenaline and the rush and everything. And I thought that was my end all be all. That was, that was all I want, ever wanted to do. And, uh, you know, life's crazy and things happen. And I was, uh, I was working for a podcast network, um, after Buzz TV and I became good friends and, uh, Maria Menounos kind of mentored me along with her husband, Kevin Undergaro. And they kind of took me under their wing. And I remember they, they came to my third MMA fight and it was actually my, my loss. And they were like, you know, you can't be doing this. You're, you're too pretty and you can do other stuff. And I was like, no, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> Cause you know, you're young and you know everything. Right. right. And, um, so I, I just still had my eye on the prize and a couple of months went by and Maria called me herself and she said, um, I think you're going to say no, but hear me out. And I was like, okay, what's up? She's like, there's a competition reality show with WWE called tough enough. And you know, 11,000 people are trying out no guarantee, but, I could at least get you an interview for the, to get to the tryout. And I think it would be perfect for you. And, you know, you love acting, you love on camera work and you're an athlete and you're a fighter. So it's like kind of the culmination of both my worlds. And she's like, just try it. And I was like, well, it's a competition show. Right. And she's like, yeah, I was like, well, I'll do it. I love competition. I'll, I'll do it. You know, right. thinking nothing of it, but uh, you know, ended up getting narrowed down from 11,000 to 13 people that move into a house on a reality show. And, uh, lo and behold, I was one of the 13, which I myself, I 
honestly, when I showed up to the tryout, I'll never forget. I saw a bunch of girls like my friend Mandy Rose, you know, the blonde and, and, and the boobs and the makeup. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I did not fit in here. And right. I didn't think I fit in with what they called at the time WWE Divas. So um, getting on that show and, and kind of getting that role was a, was a shock to myself, as I think, you know, maybe was to other people. But I think I brought uh, legitimacy and athleticism that maybe they hadn't seen before. And so I think that was kind of my role there. And um, the decision to leave MMA and take that risk on the reality show was, it wasn't easy. But I was like, you know what, I, I'm, at the time I was 22, I think. I was like, I'm 22 years old. I could always go back to MMA. Let me just give this a shot. Something in my heart and my mind just told me this feels like an opportunity and I don't want to turn it away. That's right. kind of how that all started. Yeah, and, and I think, too, there was there's kind of this, you know, for some reason, MMA needs needs WWE more than, obviously, WWE needs MMA, but there's been this... this um, this want to cross over because I mean, we all know, everyone knows wrestling is, it's a show and, you know, right. um, and all of that sort of stuff. And then, and UFC and, and Bellator, you know, UFC's build is, it's, it's as real as it gets. So there's this whole rivalry of it's real fighting and, oh, it's fake, but it's, no, it's, it's about the story. And, and there's always right. been this thing. So there's this crossover right. where it's like people want to see, you know, UFC people who are popular go over to WWE and they want to see WWE people come over and fight in the UFC and see how their skills match up. And there's been this crossover. So it's kind of neat because you went in before Ronda. Um, and I guess I'm not sure if Shayna was over there. I know Shayna was doing stuff in like in Japan, Japan, Japan wrestling or something, right? She wasn't with WWE yet either. She came about two and a half years after me. Yeah. So you came in as like, and I think that was, that was cool for them where it's like, Oh, MMA girl. You know, and yeah. and it was like that's that's a cool character because now they got somebody in who comes from the MMA world, not the other way around. And it's like, right. okay, here's our here, this is a cool character. This is somebody who's kind of this brash, um, you know, a- MMA chick who right. you know um, who's going to punch in the face kind of a thing. And and I think I think that was pretty. I think that was appealing. And I think yeah, it doesn't it doesn't stick with the norm of like you were saying when you showed up to the to the reality show and. And you're like, wait, I don't necessarily look like, like these girls or feel like I fit, <laughs> yeah. fit in, you know, but, but, but there, I mean, there, there's also, it's not just, it's not just about that, I think, but you know, um, no, but you hit the nail on the head and that was the, that was probably 80% of the appeal to me with the whole thing was I felt like at that time I was pioneering and almost revolutionizing a, a female like me in the WWE at that time. Right. I felt like it was an untouched niche that no female had done before. There wasn't ever a female MMA fighter or even a female with, you know, as much MMA experience as me that had been with the company before. So I looked at it as an opportunity. And when I started talking to the coaches and the producers of, of NXT, which is WWE developmental organization, right. I really started to get the vibe that, wait, this is something special. This is something different. They haven't done this before. Right. And they really haven't had that tomboy, uh, you know, ball busting, so to speak, character in, in a female before. So uh, that's where I took all my pride and really wanted to pave that path. I wanted to be the representative for women that didn't look like the status quo in WWE at that time. Right. And so I, I took a lot of pride in that. And that was that was definitely a big part of the appeal. Now here we are three years later and we have Shannon Baszler's and Ronda Rousey's and, you know, and it's awesome because 
I think MMA and WWE do work so well together because girls like us coming from the legitimate background bring a different skill set in the ring. Right. And, you know, and then we're taught the other stuff. So I think it's a really cool thing that's been happening lately. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, not, not that it's, it necessarily matters, but don't also sell yourself short. I mean, you are, yeah, you, you may not be blonde and makeup, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're an attract, you're a good looking girl. You have, you have more, right. you, you have that tomboy, you tough, tough girl attitude thing, but you know, you've kind of got a good mix. And I think, I think that's, that's really, that was really marketable. And I think, I think they, they see yeah. that right off the bat and think, Oh, okay, this is somebody we can work with. Now here's a quick, now how do you go from next to, to dub, to the main show, to the, to like the big show? Yeah, that's so kind of, that's NXT, kind of like the regionals to the UFC in, in MMA talk. Exactly. Yeah. So NXT is a developmental organization. The average lifespan of somebody down there is anywhere from like two to five years. So um, after those two to five years, you're either cut or you're moved up to what we call the main roster, which is Monday Night Raw or Tuesday Night SmackDown Live. So um, that's kind of a really vital time and a, a really pressurizing time in your development in the company because it's it's kind of like the make or break it's like okay how well is she learning is, is she coachable is she uh you does she have the star quality does she have the it factor is she athletic enough like right. that's all the kind of things that are being evaluated along the way and also you're developing your in-ring persona in that time so although people from the outside might think that you get hired by a company like that and they give you this character and they give you all the tools and you just kind of play the part um that's false you really are your own um your own judge and your own jury so it's on you to come up with what you think is marketable and what's going to work for you and um you know we have weekly promo classes which is kind of like an acting class where we really work on and develop uh, our characters and rings so that was a really cool part for me and um i think that helped me realize to get where i am now that although i have this mma background and this fight background it doesn't define who I am. Right. Um, yeah, I think that uh, someone like myself, you know, I do have an acting background and I do have an on-camera experience. So I think it was um, a really good learning experience for me to realize that, yeah, I have all these tools and I'm going to use them, but it doesn't need to define who I am. Right. So um, lately has been a even more fluid discovery of realizing that I can go so many different ways, uh, you know, with my character and stuff. Oh, that's cool. That is great. Now, now you've I've I saw like I'm not a huge WWE fan in well, even if I was, I probably wouldn't have time. I don't even have time to watch my TV shows. <laughs> I enjoy watching all the time. Um, right. But I, I've watched your clips. Obviously, being being your friend, I've seen as many clips as I can find on on YouTube mm-hmm. and whatever. So you've had a couple of uh, of altercations already with uh, with with Rhonda. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how, so, so, so what's, how's, how's that? What's that like? Are they going to, are they going to match you guys up in like an actual match match or. Uh, you know what? Never say never. I'm on SmackDown now and Ronda's on Raw. So ah. that means that we really only get a chance to fight each other. If, if we were gonna at the pay-per-views, which are, you know, a couple times a year or whatever. Right. Um, but that could change at any moment. They could, they could trade her, they could trade me and, um, so on. But, uh, yeah, I've had a couple altercations with her. Um, all I have to say is, if I were them, I think I think there's money. I think there's something in seeing an actual match between the two of us. But I'm very um, confident in saying that that'll happen in the future. Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, I think it's kind of. Uh, 
it seems like whatever they need to do to make something like that happen, that would be, that would be such a cool, that would be a good storyline. I mean, there's, and there's so much they could, they could do with that with, you know, with, with two MMA, you know, MMA girls fighting. For and sure. I mean, shoot, that'd be a good time for them to bring in Holly home and show you that head kick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I mean, it would be, there's, there's a, it, I think, I think it could be um, a really cool, um, a really cool thing. Um, Hold on one second. Um, yep. Sorry. Um, we're gonna have to pause and stop. Somebody. Okay. Yeah. okay. No. No worries. Um, was that? Yeah, he's coming in anyway. Uh, in a minute. But I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was Thai. So I. I told him I went like this. And then it was not Thai. Just saw. Saw. That's that's my racism. And I was like, oh, it's a th- oh no, just another black guy. Um, so that was racist of me. Anyway, um, I just waved somebody into the podcast studio, uh, Daria, who uh, who I thought was my partner showing up, and it was not. <laughs> so that's are why. Are we paused right now? Or are we? Um, on? They're, we're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna. He'll cut this out. He'll edit this. Let's hope. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I told him. I, that's why I called the producer, and I'm like, "Hey, somebody just walked in. What should we do?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh shit. Okay. So yeah, no, we'll we'll edit, but we will start. Um, whoever's editing, we will start back up now. Um, okay. So so let me. So what is um. Also, I I, re- I was going to ask you. I wasn't sure if I was uh, supposed to ask you this or if, if there was an issue with any of this. But but I find this interesting because we are a you know we do a lot of politics on this, and you know me, I'm I'm super always ranty about politics and whatever. Um, but I I looked up to make sure I I, I googled you googled the uh, googled you, and so you are you are also um, listed as first openly lesbian uh, wrestler. Yes. Yeah. WWE. That is, that is cool. Now, did they have any problem with that or, or was that, was that fine? I mean, did, do they, do they, do they care? Do they not care? Was it even an issue? No, it was, it's never been a thing. I mean, I, I say this all the time. It's just, um, I'm, I'm one of the fortunate few. Of course I've gotten, you know, negative comments on social media and stuff like that in the past, but it's all relative. I mean, I've gotten so much positive that it, it just drowns the negative out. So I've really been blessed. Um, in my journey, especially in a professional world, you know, sports entertainment. And honestly, everyone's been so accepting. And, and, um, you know, I even got to where I made custom made rainbow gear for WrestleMania last year and came out in that. And oh, that's so cool. Support, yeah. The LGBTQ community. So it's honestly, it's been great. And I've been so blessed to have this platform to kind of, um, stand up for what I believe in. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's cool too because there there of course there's always going to be knuckleheads any any sport well, anything any act any part of American or international culture there's going to be knuckleheads everywhere and people always think that with MMA right. and I would imagine they would think that with WWE too that you you got like a bunch of rednecks who are who probably just you know would have a, have a major issue with it but uh, you know I find that that's still pretty rare like even in MMA I mean there's a few guys that aren't that aren't necessarily open. But there's definitely right. people that that are. I think there's a couple that might be openly openly gay MMA fighters. But you think that yeah. they would like that would completely turn off ninety percent of the MMA community. But it hasn't really been the case. Like, yeah, there's a few people who say some some negative shit. But for the most part, yeah. they're just like people are like, yeah, whatever. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it shouldn't even be an issue. My biggest, it shouldn't even be an issue. My biggest thing is, I just did a, a media appearance a couple weeks ago that has to do with. Um, integrating sport and culture and kind of um uh how do i explain it just contradicting the fact that if you judge someone 
so you're you're playing sports with someone, right? You're playing soccer, and you pass the ball to them, and they and they score a goal. You don't think twice of their sexual orientation, their of anything, right. really, right? They're just your teammates, they're your friends, they're your they're your colleague, whatever. Yeah, it wasn't a gay basket they made. But, you know what I'm by the way, oh, that's a great field goal. <laughs> yeah, it was gay, but it was still a great field goal. By the way, this is Ty. Exactly. Ty just jumped in. Ty, oh, this hi, is. Ty. Hey, how are you? Daria or Sonia. Sonia, that's her that's her WWE character name that I know her as Daria. Yeah. Um, but either call her either one. Um so this is Ty, Ty Barnett, comedian friend of mine. And um uh, hey. just sat in. So, so well, nice to meet you. I'm <laughs> nice to meet you too. I'm I'm gonna try not to geek out, you know, because I'm I'm one of those, just so you understand, I don't know how old you are, but I know I'm older than you. Um, but I'm one of those people who used to play with my G.I. Joe action figures, and I would uh, I designed a full wrestling ring. I had intro music for them and everything. Do you <laughs> understand? Like, I was a fanatic, so and, and, and it took me a while. I mean, I was, I'm was i sorry, talking about Dusty Rhodes, all those types of cats. So to be here and uh, this close is actually, uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm going to try not to geek out. I'm going to try. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, it's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, um, like you said, and I think I think that's actually could be um, a really good thing as well for you because there there are so many people out there that are supportive on that end that um, right you know being being the first or being you know even a first um, or close to the first I mean anything the fact that you are the first is is, is amazing but um, but I think that's that's huge where somebody could easily get behind you and there's a lot of opportunity probably for you to I mean not that you want to walk around exploiting something but hey if, if it's something that you're open about and proud about. Then um, there's no reason why you shouldn't be, you know, when when someone says, "Hey, we want we want you to come to this thing and talk," and and I mean, it's, it's I think it's a really good. You could probably be a really huge influence for for kids um, yeah. nowadays. Like, I, I have a personal, I my personal agenda is to spread equality, and it's like I said before, not just in sexuality, but in gender, in everything. So good luck with that. <laughs> and so. <laughs> No, I'm working on it, and it's, it's something that, honestly, it means a lot to me. So, like I said, with this platform, I'm blessed to be able to do it every single day. I, You know, I can use my social media and, and my voice and really get the message out there that you can be whoever the hell you want to be, and it's not going to stop you from being a WWE superstar is my direct message. So, um, you know, the more I can spread that, the, the luckier I am. Let me let me ask you something. Um, do you find because I know we've found it in in the comedy world, um, which they're equally tough. I'm just kidding, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I found I found in the comedy world that your messages, even though you're saying something like I want to spread equality and all that, you know how that could be a trigger for certain people. Like, oh, why do you want things to be equal? So I know in comedy we feel it, we see it all the time. You just saw where Wanda Sykes had some people leave her show because she got political. Do you find that you have people that try to push any kind of agenda on you or do they come at you and they say, Hey, you know, where, uh, or, you know, or try to figure out what your stance is. And once they find out what your stance is, have you gotten any negativity from that at all? Or is it just pretty much they can see past it? Listen, I think I'm, I, my stance is so simple and it's so easy to understand. I, want equality. I want everyone to be equal and it doesn't go more political or further than that. It's not, I don't ever, you know, dive into politics on my social media or anything like that because, um, honestly, I don't care to. And what I, what I am 
enthusiastic about and what I do care about is, like I said, equality. So it's kind of hard to argue with because I don't get many people come up to me on the street and say, well, I don't want it to be equal, like, because then they would just sound like an idiot. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, who, well, although there are people out there wouldn't wouldn't say that exactly, but they'd be like, "Well, right. come on, we're already all equal. You know, you can." That's what they'll <laughs> tell you. Yeah. There's no difference I, in America. Well, I've of course heard that argument too, but right. Um. Uh, yeah, I try to just spread the positive and stay away from the negative as much as possible. You're the wrong podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. But because because I honestly, and I, I wanted to get, I asked her that question specifically because I know with comedy, we go to a lot of different places in the country. So, you know, traveling to certain parts of the country, you can, there are certain things you can say and talk about. But I also know that WWE fans are still, a lot of them are, you know, kind of really deep in the Midwest in some of these areas. So that's why I asked if, you know, right. when you go places, you know, do you get that kind of, do you feel that kind of energy in the room? Or, But, I mean, the fact that you're saying just spread love, which is, there should not even be a problem with that, by the way. Um, right. I could say, I don't know if I, I told Ian this, but uh, someone got mad at me because we were discussing something uh, politically. But anyway, we were discussing something politically. And I said, okay, well, you can have your view. I understand. Take care. So I wrote, take care in the message. And the lady wrote back, how dare you tell me to take care? <laughs> how do you, don't ever tell me yeah. that. So people finding something wrong with everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, and and that's why I asked if, you know, if like I said cuz I love your message. I love the fact that you're out here cuz this is this is my, my whole point is this is what we need more of. We need more people with a platform like yours cuz you reach a lot of people all the time, you know what I'm saying? So people are paying attention to you. Right. And the fact that you're spreading love and equality and stuff that should just already be there is amazing. Right. Yeah, and we we travel all over the world to every city possibly in America and internationally. And like I said, I've been blessed to, I've never been bothered. And I've always felt the, the acceptance from, from every crowd so far. So I'm blessed. And like I said, um, maybe I don't, I don't think I exploit myself as much as comedians. So you guys really put it all out there. So I think just, uh, maybe they see me as less of a threat. Who knows? No, but you know, I think I think that's there's also it's different platforms too. I mean, your platform, yeah. you're you're an entertainer, and if you can use your status to to do what you want with it, like you know, I, we're um, both over here huge fans of of what Colin Kaepernick's doing. A lot of people aren't, but and people, some people right. say, oh well, the guy shouldn't be using his 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 uh um his stature for political, uh, you know, for political statements. Like, well, no, that's exactly who else, of course. But if he doesn't want to, right. he doesn't have to. And if he wants to, he can, and he can expect the fallout or, and he can expect the praise from that, but you don't have to as, as comedians are jo my job, at least I, I feel that is not just to make people laugh, but also to make people think and to actually say something. And, and it's a different kind of a thing. So we have to put ourselves out there as part of our job. And, um, you know, some some places they you they 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 discourage you putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Not everyone has to has to take every stance and and or every stand. And mm -hmm. um and all you really have to do is be you and 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 spread your message the way you want to spread your message because that's what's ultimately important. Yeah, I, and that's what I say. That's what I love about. I love about this because uh, you are, you know, you're, I mean, I, I can't even, what's the average audience now for, for wrestling? It has to be, it, it's, it's ridiculous now. 
Like, cause it's yeah. everywhere, you know, it's, it, it, and plus with, you know, all these different streaming platforms, you can see it, you know, you're easy, even more accessible. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's everywhere. And a lot of people don't realize that not only do we do Brawl and Smackdown every week, but three days a week, we're also doing live events everywhere. Oh so my God. No matter what our program runs, I mean, like seven, eight shows a week, every single week of the year, you know, wow. there is no off season, which is unique to us. I bet your freaking flyer miles are on point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, those American Delta miles are great. <laughs> nice. See, um, I uh, so let me ask you, where what was? And I don't know if Ian has asked you this, uh, but like I said, I told you I promised to try not to geek out. Um, <laughs> what was your very what what has been the highlight of so far for you? Were you just like even you in that moment? You're like, oh shit, I can't right. believe I'm actually doing this. Yeah, it was probably um, the Elimination Chamber match that I got to be a part of. Oh. Um, with, yeah, with my best friend Mandy and, you know, other talented women. It was just, that match was probably the most fun I've ever had <laughs> in a wrestling ring since I started wrestling. Well, it was actually a chamber, but it, since I started wrestling, it was just everyone wanted to put on the best possible show. Everyone was Love it. together. It was so physical, which is what I obviously love about this, this world and right. what I loved about MMA. It's, it was just so physical and so raw and um, it was in <laughs> Vegas. So I guess the vibes were just right. I don't know. That was one of the, the greatest matches. Oh, I love it. it you know, it's funny as I still, I still use you, you know me, I'm very, when it comes to, to, to fighting and training, I'm very much, very cerebral, very, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the antithesis of a lot of MMA coaches that are just like, you know, yeah. sweat, no water. Blah, blah. I'm, I'm like, you know, you're <laughs> thinking about it and, and mental strategy and mental toughness. Yep. And that's whole, my whole game, uh, you know, being smarter and being, you know, better trained than everybody else. And, uh, I always tell, there's a few moments that I tell people like, you know, that, that for better for better or worse, like, you know, if I'm, I'll be saying, Oh, so-and-so this guy used to always have these mental breakdowns and I'm not making fun of him, but here's, let me explain why you need to learn from this, you know? And I always have right. these little learning teaching moments that I tell, that I tell the team and especially new mm -hmm. people that come in. And one of my favorite ones that, that, that I'm sure you remember, do you remember, I think it was your, I can't remember if it was your first or second fight, but we were out in the desert. Um, and <laughs> And you did so. You're beating up, beating up this girl. She was pretty tough, but then she she got you in a guillotine, and you were right up against us in in the in the cage, right up against us in the cage. I love this. And you had, you had the we had the guillotine in, and you raised your hand like you're about to tap because the, the girl was like cranking on your neck. And I go, 10 seconds left, ten seconds left." <laughs> and then you you let go, you stopped tapping, and you fought. And your head was like you were like beat red, and you you bear your fight, fight, fight. And then all of a sudden, I go. 10 seconds left, 10 seconds left. And there was like 30 seconds left, by the way. Hilarious. And I remember you, you, you like, your eyes just looked over at me like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> and at that point, you were like not tapping out. And you, you fought it. And then the, you, however many other seconds it was after that, you fought it off for probably a good 30 seconds. And then uh, yep. the, the round ended. And afterward, and then you end up and you, and you end up beating that girl. I can't remember if you. I think you submitted with the, with the guillotine in the next round. I think, with yeah, the yes. Yep. And I remember that <laughs> afterward, people were like, "You said you're like, what was that bullshit?" I'm like, "Well, I saw you gonna tap, and I knew that was short time." I'm like, I just said ten seconds. <laughs> so, I, I love that moment. Reiterate this story. This is one of my favorite moments in fighting. Ian is such a great coach, and I sense like you were just talking about is everything in the sport was mental to you. It wasn't like 
uh, I'm a douchebag. Just punch someone in the face. It was so much more than that. It was there was so much thought behind it and technique, and that's what I loved about it. Um, oh, everyone's like, you like getting punched in the face for a living, and I was like, okay, it's a lot more than that, idiot. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it's got to be. That's what I loved about training with Ian. But so it was my first ever MMA fight. I was on. Remember how like hyped up I was before the match? I was like doing circles around the thing. And yes. I was standing in the wrong corner, Ian's like, you're the blue corner. And I was like, oh, crap, all right. So I was oh, my God. I was literally like a, like a kid in a candy store. I was so excited. It, not a fear in my body my first fight, which is so funny. I, I think you get scared as fights go on more right. because you know what it feels like. Right. But the mm. first one, you're so naive to the feeling of getting punched in the face, really. Full throttle. I mean, obviously, we well, practice, but like. That brings me to my uh, my next question. How, yeah. What was going through your head the exact moment you first got punched in the face really hard? Well, I don't think I got punched in the face really hard that fight, to be fair. But, okay. um, but the first time I got hit in that fight, I remember being like, like, I don't know, I, I had such a good spirit that fight. I just felt so, like, invincible, like I said. It, like, it wasn't until my third fight when I really got rocked. And in that moment, I was like, Holy crap! This is what it feels like. <laughs> wow! Well, that was that was Jasmine, right? That was Jasmine. Who's, yeah. Who trains at the gym now? Who trains at my new gym? No, she doesn't. Yeah, she she comes in and she's been off and on injured, and um, but yeah, I mean, no uh, she comes in here and there, and um, yeah, she comes at her uh, dad and her uncle's. World. Yeah, she's she's wow. really she's a really really cool girl. Actually, I like her a lot. She's re- really nice. Yeah, I, I liked her after our fight. We hugged, and it was like the split decision or whatever, and she ended up winning and. You know, she was like yeah. in my hand, and we had it was really good uh, chemistry and stuff that we had in, in the cage. But and she's a definitely a naturally talented ass athletic girl. And but I just remember at the time she was throwing haymakers that were coming oh. from like her weight. Yeah, they were ridiculous. And <laughs> ridiculous, and I was you know I was able to dodge and weave most of them because I could see them coming from a mile away. And one or two clipped me, and I was, I mean, in another town. Oh, I wow. checked out, and I remember. <laughs> I remember naturally having my hands up and then waking up from like coming back to and, and just defending myself and then turning things around and, you know, just went back and forth the whole fight. But oh, that was the wow. I got rocked. And yeah, that was an experience. Ooh. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that's, that was, um, that was definitely a, that was definitely a, a, a crazy fight. Cause I remember, I remember she hit you at one point and you were probably totally rocked and not, you like, turned your back and like ran away i'm like where is she going <laughs> and then you like covered up and oh, then took man. her down or something and i was like i go okay that one must have hurt because i've never seen terry turn, turn her back like that before uh but how is it now like, bye. <laughs> right <laughs> bye see ya um but but um how was in how was the um the how is it now that doing doing uh you know wrestling because like, like we talked about briefly at the beginning like you know MMA people are always like oh wrestling's fake and then fake and then and wrestling people are like no no yeah it's 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 a show but we sacrifice the hell out of our bodies and I know some you know we remember Doug um I remember Doug used to train with yeah. us and Doug does wrestling at, on a smaller scale but that dude does I've seen some of the stuff he does and. And he oh, does some crazy stuff. Like he, I think he like broke his arm the other day or something, jumping out of the ring onto a folding table. And I'm Whoa. just like, yeah, yeah. Whoa. So, so uh, what's the worst? Have you have you been have you been like cracked hard or dropped on your head or anything really really gnarly since you've been doing wrestling? I mean, knock on wood, I'm I'm safe and healthy. But I mean, yeah, you I mean, you crack your head a lot. It's because I mean the 
bumping is you're bumping on your back and right and your neck and you know obviously you're not supposed to hit your head but right there's been numerous times where where that happens and i've been more scared to get injured in wrestling than i ever was in mma i was really scared of getting wow i'm actually surprised at that MMA because in mma like i mean obviously people do break bones and stuff but for the majority of your injury it's like your eyes are swollen shut you get a bloody nose broken nose like it's not that common to get a broken neck in mma right or like to break your back or anything like I'm not going to lie. The super. fact that she nonchalantly said that, it's kind of scared the hell out of me. Like, <laughs> eh, yeah, it happens. Well, you know, sometimes you, you break know, your nose. Like, I would I would get punched in the face all day, every day, rather than do a flip and land on my neck. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Yeah, well, just, you have to sacrifice your body, in, in, and you're the one that takes the damage when you're right. doing wrestling because you have to fall right. You have to sacrifice someone. You, you, you're dropping on top right. of somebody, and you're the one that actually takes the hit or at least a, a good percentage of the hit versus them taking the hit. Whereas, whereas MMA, it's like you can go out there and, and, and hopefully you don't take any hits and they take all the hits. That's the whole strategy. Whereas the exact exactly. opposite strategy in wrestling is you go out there and to win, you have to take, you have to take all this damage because you're doing all the cool right. shit, you know? Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely just a different mindset. And, um, I just, I love the physicality, you know, I, you know, I love getting physical and I've always been an athlete my entire life. So it's just natural to me, and I, I I love it. I embrace it. But it's not to say that it's not super scary. And you know, there's obviously moments where we are hurting. But right, um, it just goes to show that you know when you are down in developmental and you're practicing and you're learning every single day and honing your craft, you're doing it for a reason. You're you're learning the technique so that you can protect yourself. All right, like I'm gonna that. I'm gonna take you back to uh, I don't know if it ever happened in your life. Uh, were you ever bullied? And have you? Did you ever run into anybody that you see now that you know you can kick their ass now and they avoid you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I feel like I have. Um, okay, so in high school, I I wouldn't say I was bullied. I don't. I I, I have a hard time feeling bad for myself. So I know that's I love that. wrong. And no, I, no, that's I, a great attitude actually. Though, because there's nothing there's nothing wrong with embracing the fact that you know you went through a hard time and you overcome it because that's amazing. And that's, that's exactly strength. But I, I don't believe that I was bullied. I, there was definitely girls that were mean and stuff like that. And, um, I, I would love to see them. <laughs> like, How's your nine to five? <laughs> Thank you for being honest. I, I thought you were going to give me the very PC answer. Like, well, no, you know, we kind of just moved on past that. You're like, no, nah, if I see him, I'm gonna let him know. <laughs> Yeah, right. I'd be lying. I'd be lying. No, it's de- it's definitely it's definitely a good feeling. But you know what? I worked hard to get here and something that I pride myself in is that I did it myself, you know. I nice. didn't have anybody in my family that was in MMA or wrestling or that knew anything about it for that matter or supported it for that matter. So, um I I took a lot of pride in what I did while my years in, when I was in California because I moved out there on a limb and those um I kind of saved up like really? $4,000 for my bartending job in Jersey, moved out to LA and um, ended up bartending there and, and ended up managing a bar there by the end. And, you know, I, I work the bar shift. I've worked from yeah. like 2, 3 PM till like two o'clock in the morning. I'd close it. And then I'd meet coach James at coast fitness for boxing training at like 7 AM. Oh and then I'd come to team practice after. Yeah. So it was definitely a grind, but it taught me so much. And it, it makes me 
appreciate where I'm at now so much. Nice. So dope. Of what I went through. It just feels so good to have done it myself. So. Yeah. I remember when you, you know, when you came out, like it's like I said at the beginning, you, you were, you know, it was MMA related, but you were like, no, I'm, I'm going to be famous. <laughs> like you, you were like, I'm, I'm going to get there, you know, and I'm going to be that person. And like you were, you were really determined. And I mean, honestly, yeah. like I said, you trained it at, at ATT and, and you, you'd done a little bit, but, but compared to a lot of the other people on the, you were, you were gr- pretty green and you were one of the smallest people on the team. So I was like, I remember a few people gave me shit about letting you on the team. They're like, she's kind of new. She, I'm like, dude, she's super determined and she's tough. So I'm like, we're going to let her in. And I know a few people were kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's a good decision. But like within within a few yeah. months, everyone was like, no, that's cool. She's tough. I like her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was no, definitely. Yeah, but but that was the determination, and that's why when you went to the, when you went to to do the 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 wrestling thing, I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna work out. <laughs> I know it, it's I I've always done this my whole life. I, when I get my mindset on something, I'm I'm so driven, but to like a point of stubbornness, where like I won't. I don't know. It's just like this thing I get inside me where I I'm just so confident on something. I'm like, I know this is it, and I you know with MMA at the time that was. That was my everything. I wanted to be, I didn't want to be, oh, like a mid card fighter. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this for a little while and then go back to bartend. Like, no, like I wanted to be. No, if you decided to get hit, if you decide to hit and get hit for a living, nah, you pretty much got to stick with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I was committed. And when the WWE opportunity came around, I got that same exact feeling in my heart and my gut. And I just knew it was right. Although it was very hard because I remember I had my fourth fight lined up and if i didn't make it on the reality show i was going to fight that fight but if i did make it on the reality show i was going to have to give it up right so i was going to be in florida and i remember i got the call that i made on the reality show and i was like i had a strong sense like this is fate like this yeah. is supposed to happen this is where i'm supposed to be and as i was on the reality show and later got eliminated and started training wrestling back in la i just i just knew this was going to be something i knew it was going to work out and and maybe this isn't the end all be all either. Maybe I'll have five more of those before I die. But it's it's okay because in that moment, in this moment, I believe that this is where I'm supposed to be. So I what about acting? Important. You ever thought about acting? Yeah, I mean that's like that was first and foremost passion even before MMA. So um, that it, luckily I get to do that every single week on TV with right. wrestling. Well, I'm glad you said um, it. I didn't want to <laughs> say it. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's the best part of this. Is, I was telling Ian earlier, is it's a combination of the two things I've always loved. And that's, you know, being in front of the camera, acting. And I even produced a you know little indie film when I was younger and being in the film world, filmography world, and then also fighting. So it's kind of both combined, but I would love to pursue acting further. Uh, let me, uh, let me ask you, when you got the WWE opportunity, did you, Look, did, did you start studying wrestling more, or do did you have people that you looked up to in wrestling that you said, okay, let me at least kind of see? Because here's what I did not realize. I mean, I realized it later when I, you know, when I became an adult uh, two two weeks ago. Uh, but, <laughs> but I realized it later when I was like, oh man, this is their persona, this is their character, and these are things that they map out. So when you when that was happening, when you knew that you were going to get this opportunity, did you say, okay, who, who did you study? Who did you look at? And, and did you, how much did you shape before you did your first WWE thing? So, uh, like I was telling Ian earlier, I'm, 
I will not sit here and lie to you and tell you that I grew up watching wrestling because I really didn't at all. I, it was never something I was into. It was never something at all that I watched. So when I got the opportunity, I did my homework. I mean, nice. but I have like hundreds of years to catch up on. So, <laughs> But I really, really studied the current roster and who came before me and really just tried to learn the ins and outs as I'm still learning I'm three years in. And I still feel, wow. you know, green as grass because it's one of those industries like fighting where you just never stop growing and there's always something new to learn and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there's always something you don't know. So yeah, I definitely, um, now I look up to a lot of people, man. I look up to, um, uh, Brock Lesnar was obviously like my first appeal because I was like, Whoa, he did what I did, but even cooler. He's, you know, wow. he fought MMA and wrestling and MMA. And so, I loved, um, obviously, his style and his look and how he carried himself in the ring as just like a pure badass, um, not ever trying to put on. He just right. so realistic. And then, you know, I look at other people for different reasons, like Shawn Michaels and how good he was at getting the crowd Shawn Michaels. Him and his yeah, that's a good reference. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I look up to so many people from the past and still that I work with today in the present of the wrestling industry. Let me uh, let me ask you this, and I'll turn turn you over to Ian real quick because uh, the thing I've noticed in wrestling over the years is uh, the the uh, physical fitness of the wrestler. Because <laughs> like if I tell you Dusty Rose was one of the best wrestlers in ever history. But if you saw Dusty Rhodes on the street, he does not look like he's a wrestler. And if you, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm being honest, but I mean, right. he was one of my favorite wrestlers. But my whole point is that in my mind as a kid, that dude was totally fit. <laughs> he was totally right. fit to be a wrestler. <laughs> Same thing with like King Kong Bundy, these cats. So yep. I think for when you came along, like uh, like you brought up Brock Lesnar, is like, because Brock was huge. huge. Or The Rock. Yeah, these guys like in crazy yeah. shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. I did. I I grew up. I watched a little bit of wrestling when I was a kid, but, um, you know, I I was begging and wanting something like MMA when I was. A, I remember as a little kid, I would be I'd be flipping through the channels trying to find <laughs> boxing, or I wanted to find kickboxing. They didn't. It was nowhere on the air when I was a kid. Like you could you right. couldn't find kickboxing if your life depended on. I'm like, is there any karate? Oh, is there any oh, kung? Karate. Like, how can I find some stuff on TV where people are really punching them? And that's all I cared about. So I would watch uh, the wrestling a little bit when I was a kid. But man, it was like boxing came on yeah, yeah. or or some sort of combat sport, and they just didn't exist. Now nowadays you can't you can't get away with it uh, away from it, which is. But let me ask you this. I didn't. I never. You know what? I didn't even realize. I've never asked you in this. So what was your reaction the very first time you saw it on television? Like, it hand, no gloves. Just what was your very first reaction? Like the very first UFC? Yeah, the very first like, time you saw it on television with dudes. Actually, because I can tell you, I saw a promo of a dude getting a tooth knocked out of his mouth. Oh, yeah, I saw that one live. <laughs> it, and, uh, see? Th- there you go. Okay, so t- what was the first time when you first saw it? He's like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I we waited and waited. When we heard about the UFC, it was like, you know, that was the thing. Like anybody who was into martial arts, and I was big into martial arts, uh, was like, this is what we've been wanting to see our whole lives. Like, wow. this is it. So the first UFC, and, and I had done some grappling, so I wasn't that thrown off. 
but I know a lot, but I was still thrown off because I didn't, I wasn't at the level of like Hoist Gracie, you know, I didn't, didn't know how good those guys were. So to see Hoist Gracie go in there and just dismantle all these dudes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and choke them out and armbar them guys are like, he's a 400 degree black belt in Shirinjiru karate. And he lasted three seconds. And you're like, Oh that God, I wasted cool. my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Right, but it, but you you just go whoa, this is all bullshit. Um, now I got to go learn some real shit, and then, and and <laughs> oh, it was cool to it was kind of cool to see that and go okay, well this is instead of going oh shit my stuff sucks or I didn't learn the right thing, it was a, it was a way for me to go oh okay cool I see the stuff that did work from what I've learned and I see the stuff that certainly didn't work from what I learned and now I need to right. now I know what I get to go learn. If I really want this shit to work, I gotta I gotta go learn mm-hmm. some of this stuff. So to me, it was it was cool. It was a it was an eye opener, man. And and it was um I mean I, I never missed I never missed a, a UFC or a Pride or uh, any of those shows that were on pay per view. I didn't miss one for twenty straight years. I think mm. I watched every single fight event that I could possibly get. I have a VHS and DVD and everything I could get oh, my hands my on. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. How do you how do you work on your shins? Like, like, I'm serious. I, 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 this is a serious question because every time I even think about getting into this, because I've thought about training with Ian, just so you know, Dari, I, I've thought about training with him. Every time I've gone by the studio, I'm like, well, you know what? I might need to do this. And then I'll hit my I shin think- on the bed. Yo, and I'm like, I'm going to make a comment about the shins before Ian, Ian tells you how to train them. I <laughs> tell people all the time, I would rather you punch me in the face as hard as you could and for me to go to kick you and you check it and I your knee keeps my shin because uh, it your elbow. Oh it's that the, is the to me, that is the worst pain in the fight world. Oh my god. It has to be. Oh my see that's why I said when I see these fights and I see these kicks that y'all are taking or giving, I'm like, come on. <laughs> You acting like that doesn't hurt? Is this ridiculous? Yeah. I think you get used to it, and and during the fight, it's it's a Dario will back this up. It's a million times worse training than it is in a fight because when a fight you've got you've got adrenaline going, you don't you feel it the next day, but at the in, during the fight you don't really feel. You know, sometimes there's stuff you yeah. feel, but you don't usually feel it. In training, when you're going eighty percent and you kick somebody and they check it and you hits like in the top of the foot, like right in the metatarsals oh. or just in between where the ankle and the shin meet. And you hit, or you hit, or you hit kneeded shin to knee, and you get that Mm-mm. like soccer ball on your uh, shin that pops up. Okay. That is the worst fucking pain at at eighty okay. percent. It's worse than oh, it is a hundred percent. But um, well, hey, we have to, we got to go here because we started late. But I want to, I'm gonna tell everybody where they can find you, how they can follow you, and so how they can become a fan if they're not already a fan, and then. Uh, yeah, we will sure. let we will let you go, and then we will do a quick wrap, and we'll be done. And let us so, know when you get your action figure. Yes. Do you have an action figure? Yes. You um, do? Yeah, it's coming out this year, but I'll send them to you guys when I get them. Yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. All right, cool, cool. That's, yeah, see, I know somebody with an action say, figure. <laughs> yeah, right? First of all, I want to say I wouldn't be where I am today, and that's not just me saying that. That's a fact without Ian Harris because oh, thanks. you were you were my MMA coach. You taught me so much about the wow, fight world and that. about myself. <laughs> more than just a, a fight coach it, it goes deeper than that if you've ever been in system training center you can understand that uh tell marcus i said hi by the way and all those guys i miss them all um, for sure by the way i opened up my own gym but oh you opened your own yes i did just recently oh, though you're separate from them yep but i Where still talk to them all the time it's right by my it's right in mid-city right by my house called fight science you know like the old like i always oh, call oh, it fight science i have seen that yes okay, but but i, I still i'm still we're still affiliated with, with systems though because a lot of the guys still train there so Oh, awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Even better. 
Yes, well, but I will. Anyway, um, you can see me every Tuesday night live on SmackDown, and you can follow me at Sonya Deville WWE on all your social media handles. All right. And uh, thank you, guys. Thank cool. you. Thank you. It was awesome. really awesome. Having, we have to have you on again, and we'll talk politics one of these days. Oh, God, never. <laughs> you, no, no, no. But I think we specifically did not do that with you. Yes. Yay. Yes. Look, America, we did it, all right? We did it. I know you try. Oh, they can never not talk about it. But you, you helped us get through it. Yes. Oh, my God. Make, so making bad. the world positive one podcast at a time. That's right. One podcast at a time. <laughs> all right, Dan, well, we'll talk soon. Uh, keep it up. Love you. It's, uh, it was good talking to you. Love you, Ian. See you guys. Thank you. All right, all right take cool. care. See you. Bye. All right, uh, that was super fun, man. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I, I know I came in late, but it was actually cool to talk to an actual WWE superstar. Uh, I can add that to the to the, the checklist there, right? You know, uh, but that was cool. I did not see him. Man, you got props. Look at that, huh? Ian you Harris, go. you guys. That's right. Not only is he smart. He trains motherfuckers how to kick people's asses. Did you see that? Real and fake. That's <laughs> See? No, you know. No, uh, but we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I want to say this. So I know we didn't talk politics for most of the thing, but I'm going to say this just to get it off my chest. Uh, what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> is fucked up. It's fucked up. You mean to tell me that we close an investigation in a week Without, we, without interviewing anybody. without interviewing anybody and turning and actually turning away people that are bringing information we do this in a week and you expect us to believe that this country is still fair and still just in any way shape or form fuck every last one of y'all that voted for this motherfucker every last one of you <laughs> i agree we'll see uh we'll see you next week and um hopefully this time we'll, we'll actually both be here instead of it seems like one of us has been gone lately. I know, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're here for We're minute. here next. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah, we'll, All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for uh, tuning in to Critical and Thinking Podcast. I'm Ian Harris. Ty Barnett. See you next time.